I kind of look at, I don't know, knowledge as sort of cyclical in some ways. Um, so, you know, I think when you think about some of the very old, um, I don't know what the best word to use, authorities and spirituality um, were entirely not text-based. And, you know, Plato was notoriously suspicious of writing. And, um, you know, because writing can be misunderstood and, and it's incomplete and, and things like that. And, um, and then, you know, eventually text became, I think, well, by the, I guess, what, the 19th century, probably, maybe a little before, text became sort of the way the only way to transmit information. And I think it's, it's interesting uh, because my, my spiritual practice, my, you know, the Afro-Cuban Lukumi spiritual practice is almost entirely not text-based. Uh, and I think the books in Lukumi function the way books used to be used in, um, you know, maybe 500 years ago or so or more before that even. Yeah, of course, uh, where they were just used to, to, you know, note the things that maybe were hard to remember um, or to uh, perhaps be notes uh, or perhaps just carrying on something that, you know, needed to be carried on. But um, they weren't always meant to be definitive in and of themselves, especially esoteric texts. And um, and I think that, that now in the 20th century, I, I think that we've created an over-reliance on texts and we become suspicious of people using their imaginations. And I think it's created a uh, strange imbalance in the spiritual world. And so now with the internet, I don't know. I don't know where that's going. I don't know if it's equalizing in some way. Um, because people complain about people not reading anymore. And that, that's obviously not true. I mean, people are reading all the time. But um, I think people, in the, I think in the, in the esoteric communities, people are starting to kind of relearn an experiential um, experience. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and, and kind of going outside of the books. Because uh, I think if you do any kind of spiritual practice enough, you'll realize the books really just don't tell you that much. Um, this is, you know, it's, it's it's like, you know, fixing a car, you know, or or cooking or anything like that. The book's going to get you started, um, but it, it really doesn't carry you all the way through. And, uh, and this is, I, I'm, I'm, this is coming from someone who loves books. Yeah. Um, and, um, but, but my leukemia experience, it, my Afro-Cuban experience has taught me that um, it's, 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 um, it's like a photograph, you know, uh, it's, it's like describing a, an actual 3d experience through a photograph. It just doesn't do that. It doesn't do everything. It reminds you, you know, something that I think I realized more fully once I started learning, uh, from occult books, which wasn't the case all along is that there's a very different relationship between what I might call sort of practical or instructional texts mm -hmm. and canonical texts, which is what I 
was raised on as a Jewish person. Te- texts that are taken to be sort of revealed or contain like indelible truths, or maybe maybe even more accurately, texts that are considered to be objective for all intents and purposes, rather mm-hmm. than like someone's point of view or, or or advice about something. And, you know, that point of view in the Jewish tradition, the, the sort of objectivity point of view even subsumes texts that clearly are like one person's point of view, like they're taken to be the word of God. And so therefore that one person's point of view is now considered objective and canonical. And, and you're supposed to emulate that person in every way. It's not just like a, a, a relationship with a, another person or spirit and sort of t- a give and take between you and the text. And, and when I started to do astrology and magic and stuff like that, I realized that it wasn't like that at all, or at least the stuff I was finding was not no. like that at all. Do you, do you, do you, how do you think that, um, sort of religious background has obscured maybe the relationship to text as a, as a dialogue? Well, I mean, you brought up, you brought up, you know, the Jewish texts and those, and those really aren't meant to be instructional. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're meant to be, to, to fill other roles such as, you know, a historical role. Um, and describe lineages and also um, codify certain um, religious and cultural rules. Um, you don't sit down and try to, you don't really learn how to be Jewish from reading the Old Testament necessarily. Well, I do, you know? but everybody you thinks do. I'm very weird for doing that. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you, you know, most people uh, besides you yeah. would learn that from through, you know, living in the culture right um and and experience and um whereas a lot of occult texts aren't are, are purely instructional um and i and i i don't know it from you know from, from leukemia i it, it's interesting because you know we there are books you can buy um some of them are fairly detailed but they're always missing something. And I think sometimes that's, I think a lot of times that's intentional. Um, and I always say that, you know, the secret in um, making uh, a religious act work in leukemia is lineage. And lineage is the one thing you cannot transmit um, through a book. Um, it actually has to be done to you mm-hmm. uh, through ceremony. And, um, and that makes me suspicious of a lot of occult books that there's, there's just that one little key missing. Um, and, uh, you know, and, you know, I've, I've made a few rants about this on, on Twitter about Picatrix and as much as I love the book and I, that was my first project was translating that. Um, I, I spoke to uh, an Arabic magician and, um, you know, and, and Westerners make this mistake that, you know, we, we look at Picatrix as representing a type of magic that has gone away. Um, but really, it's it's continued to be practiced in the Arabic world. Mm-hmm. It never went away. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's from our Western perspective, we're trying to reclaim it. And um, so he was he was telling me that, you know, in the Arabic world, Picatrix is just a blip on the radar. It's barely even there. Uh, there, there's uh, I mean, Al Booney is probably more influential, um, but he said that you know when you read Picatrix, um, he said that 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 the things that they talk about need to be done when you talk, when you talk about you know codifying a ceremony for instance, those have to be done, but they don't talk about the things that also 
kind of should be done. Um, yeah, he mentioned the one thing he mentioned to me was um, ceremonies that 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 clear the space from certain spirits meant to protect the space, so that the, the, the so the that the ceremony can actually work. Um, and um, that, that that started that kind of started freaking me out a little bit mm. because um i don't know i, I don't want to take away anybody's experience and i and I, I do believe that if you work with spirits uh enough something is going to happen eventually um so i, I think that those experiences are real but i i also know that when you when you kind of do the entire experience you have a much different result as well mm-hmm. um uh, and again i keep mentioning luca me but that it's 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 sort of like the difference between setting up an altar to you know oshun and lighting a candle and praying to her and hoping that she'll listen which maybe i'm not going to speak for oshun but maybe something will happen but um but when you do the entire thing through you know again through lineage you do the entire ceremony um, you have a much different experience. And so I, I feel like that um, sometimes we, we, we sort of equalize all books. Mm. You know, we look at things like, uh, you know, the the Jewish texts, the Bible itself, or uh, Corpus Hermeticum, and then we kind of equalize that with um, Solomonic magic texts. And, and Agrippa and Picatrix, we kind of put these all in this one big category, esoteric. Um, but they really kind of all form different roles. And we also don't, don't even know these instructional texts, what they were doing in real life. Uh, we don't we don't have this like unbroken tradition. I mean, Judaism, we at least have a, 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 this unbroken tradition where you have, you know, people talking and teaching and things like that. And we just don't have that with magic mm-hmm. uh, in the West. Yeah, the 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 terminology used in the Jewish world is the written Torah and the oral Torah, and that these are these are considered to be inseparable, separate. But 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 you can't you can't have one without the other, right. and so the the uh, the sort of textual irony of rabbinic Judaism is that the oral Torah was written down. And so that's what the Talmud is, is like the, the sort of recorded teachings uh, that were handed down directly through this exact kind of face-to-face lineage. And that was done for preservation purposes. Like there were, Mm -hmm. it was like an existential threat to the culture and the decision was made to, to write them down. And, And the thing was, the thing is it was, it was, and this is, this is contrast with, this sort of magical and astrological and other sort of more suppressed traditions uh, in a very interesting way. The, the sort of ma- feat, magical feat of Jewish lineage transmission is that it was possible to reanimate the oral tradition later by distributing the Talmud and then having, the, having people with the same sort of authority to learn and teach that material like become face-to-face teachers of young people and start the sort of lineage transmission up mm-hmm. again and it and it worked and so there's there's something now they're very devoted to the the written down 
teachings that they're transmitting verbally. So it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not quite the same feeling as you get as, for example, as I've gotten in a Buddhist environment where you're sitting face to face with somebody who's speaking completely off the dome and not quoting anything. And you know, right. that you're, you're, you're dealing with like a fully realized person as your sort of transmit your transmitter that you're receiving from. Um, but, but it, it does, I think, give a very interesting, shines a very interesting light on the nature of lineage to me, the Jewish, yep. the Jewish story that like it can be frozen and reanimated like that. And, and so that leads me to lots of questions about the project of translating occult books, uh, which have been frozen in time at some point for all kinds of historical reasons. Um, and come back up as these little slivers. You know, the thing you were saying about the Picatrix being just a blip in the actual culture where it comes from. I often mm-hmm. get that feeling about Hellenistic astrology texts too. You know, like this, this very, whole, very much so. This whole tradition is yeah. based on like 20 guys' books and it, and it, and it, and it becomes this game of telephone, right? Where like. And almost none of them complete. Yeah, right. It's fragments <laughs> of them. Uh, so, so I, I, I think the question that I want to ask is like, what is the role of translation in the reanimation of lineage and like, like what, like, cause, cause I actually want to know, I want to know something kind of spiritual about it. It's like, you must be encountering these authors in a, as a being in -hmm. order to try to, in order to try and bring their words into a new culture language context. What, what is, what is the effect of doing something like that on your sort of lineage relationship with them? Yeah. I, 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 I definitely had moments translating Agrippa where I kind of, I, I did feel him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's going to replicate to other projects I do, but huh. it de- definitely happened with him. Um, I think that, um, I mean, really what's happening now is, is, you know, when we think about it, studying these older astrological and in many cases, uh, magical texts, uh, we've just started. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the traditional revival in, astrology really started happening in the 80s is that right yeah in the 80s but it didn't really gather a lot of steam until the early 2000s and um so you know i mean gosh when i start i started with lily and i think we only had we had i don't know 10 books Mm -hmm. i think maybe at the time uh bonati was just coming out when i started so this is the first step. I mean, the first step is making these texts available and um, in, in really in the driest, deadest way possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All we're doing is, and this is, this is my intention with Agrippa as well, is uh, that's why I didn't put too much interpretation into it because I wanted to have a good copy to start with. And, uh, and that's kind of where we are with a lot of astrology texts. Um, there's, I think I think the commentary on a lot of what we have, especially over the last most recent ten years, um, is kind of imperfect. Uh, we're all kind of feeling our way in the dark. So um, this this is just the beginning of it, and the the lineages have been broken. Um, and in the West, they've been broken for a very long time. I I, I think honestly. I hardly count the Renaissance even with astrology because there's 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 such a break that happened. 
because um, they were doing the same thing we we're doing. I I think this is going to get interesting in the next twenty years, thirty years. Um, and I mean, I may not even see it because we. I don't, I remember recently in that recent interview Demetri George did with Chris Brennan. She mentioned um, when Robert Schmidt first translated the first releases from Project Hindsight. Um, everybody, everyone was really excited. And then, then you start reading it and you're like, what the hell is this? Like nothing made sense whatsoever. And, and we're, we're, we're a little bit past that point now, just a little bit. Um, you know, I, I started studying the Arabic material and, um, you know, at first pass, it's a lot of techniques. And so right now people are talking about, um, primary directions and transits and Fredaria and perfections and all these other techniques. And um, we're, we haven't really reached the stage of what to do with everything yet, how to sort of arrange it into an actual picture, uh, which is, I know this is what they were really doing, but they, you know, it's, we're, we're kind of rediscovering it. And, but thankfully that also has not died out in the Arabic worlds. So I think, you know, as Westerners rediscovering that, um, you know, tapping into generous Arabic speaking people <laughs> who will tell us these things. <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll, we'll help that along. But uh, I, I think we're kind of, we're a little bit, we're still fishing around the dark a lot, um, but we're better off <laughs> for sure. So there's, there's a, there's a, a way you put it about it being the first step, the translation and the sort of reanimation of the text being a first step. Right. Are you saying that the step after there, the steps after that are relationship steps. It's like, it's yeah. like you, you, you start, is, is it, is it a conversation that you're trying to start or like what, like what, what is the, what is the goal of the text being woken up? What is it trying to instigate exactly? Experimentation mm -hmm. and, um, and people talking about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we've kind of re we've reached a point, I think in our, uh, our, our current cultural state where we don't, we're, we're, we're more suspicious of teachers today than mm. we used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, probably to a large extent, justifiably so, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, um, I think with the, I mean, we're kind of in a better spot than I think we've ever been. Cause now we have these texts and people can just, can just talk about it. I mean, things like Twitter and social media is, is, a, is a horrible medium to do this with. Mm -hmm. Um, it's too brief. Um, so I hope that I hope that people just are just going to start experimenting. Really, that's what really what it is. That's what we have to start with. Um, I've already had people, a few strange people who've actually read Agrippa all the way through, um, have actually come to me and saying, "Oh, by the way, I noticed this. I noticed this. This maybe is this a contradiction? You know, blah, 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 things like that, which is encouraging. Um, that people are noticing these kind of uh, just a weird thing, like the just the weird things you, you you won't notice by skimming. So, um, the, I, the, these weird people are out there, and I and I appreciate that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, I, I guess I, I don't I don't really see lineage in the traditional sense happening here. Mm. I think I think that's kind of getting broken, uh, which is okay. I'm okay with it. I'm an anarchist. <laughs> 